This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot, known locally as a February room, is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite developments, fly rods, and fishing accessories. Tech, precision, ingenuity, legacy. Go to cdfishing.us and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Here's your host, Lauren Carnop, and this is The February Room. Welcome to the February Room. Today, my guest is Dr. Nathan Demers. He's a psychologist. And today, we're going to be talking about mental health well-being, as well as some of the work that you've done with man therapy. But before we kind of go into all that information, we came together because we love fly fishing. And I know that you have some stories that you could share before we kind of go into um, the work that you do and the benefits of fly fishing. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's a, a great place to start. And um, yeah, so I, I actually lived in Montana in a little town called Martin City, just outside of West Glacier, classic Montana town, about 300 people. And the beauty of Montana, as any of you know who have fished there, is that there's so much water and amazing fish. Um, so with that, I learned to fish there and I had the misconception and 
please take this the right way, that fly fishing was somewhat easy up in Montana. I most recently moved down to Colorado and with less water and more fishing pressure, it's had me really have to up my fly fishing game in like incredible amounts that I never would have guessed. So um, it was it was very eye-opening. So while I had countless incredible days in Montana fishing, you know, wade fishing, hopping in boats, hiking way into lakes, uh, one of my most memorable fishing experiences actually wasn't fly fishing. Um, I was lucky enough in college to study abroad in Fiji of all places. I can tell you if you have a chance to study abroad in Fiji, take take that opportunity without a doubt. But there I actually learned how to spearfish, which was something I never really thought myself you know, thought I'd be doing, but it's one of the coolest things I did. And one day I took a a boat out to an outer island in Fiji. So, you know, we're already remote in Fiji and then an outer island in Fiji was very remote. And I learned that one of the best ways to, to spearfish is actually at night. So one of my friends who was Fijian, he and I went out after sunset and we put on our flippers. One person has the sort of, it's really just a bungee cord and an iron rod that you pull back and you shoot. And the other person had a flashlight. So we were out paddling <laughs> around about 100 yards offshore, which is pretty eerie, as I'm sure you can all imagine. I'm used to rivers and we're out in the open ocean. And we found some fish and basically fish at, at night there. They kind of just hang out. So once you spot them, they're pretty easy to go down and, you know, pop a hole in them, then put them on a line. So we got four or five fish and we're feeling great, ready to have a a great meal because sunset's pretty early there. And about 15 minutes in, I noticed something huge out of the right corner of my eye. So I flash this, shine the flashlight over there and I very quickly saw a shark about a 10 foot shark. So I very quickly point to my friend, Sim, and I'm like, Sim, there is a shark. What do we do? <laughs> and basically, you know, when you spearfish, I have this line with five fish on it with a hole in them. So they're bleeding, which basically felt like a lure for my legs for this shark. <laughs> so I tell Sim, like, there's a shark and Fijians are very sort of in touch with water and ocean. And he's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. We'll go in slowly. And then the shark kind of circled another time and he said, all right, Nathan, it is time to paddle in pretty quickly. So I have this line of fish. I'm like, I'm not carrying this. I throw it at him. Like, if you want to bring these fish in, you can, but I'm not doing. And we paddled. I don't think I've ever swam so fast in my life. I hit the beach and continued to pretend to swim in the sand. But uh, (laughs) we did make it just fine. Everything worked out okay. But it was definitely one of the most memorable fishing experiences I've ever had, both for just the fishing aspect of learning to spearfish at night, but obviously then getting the uh, crap scared out of me and ending the night a little early. Well, and it's crazy. I actually went to the Bahamas. What was this? Uh, two years ago, a year ago. Anyways, there was tiger sharks following the oh, boat yeah. and I was swimming and it's pretty incredible. Like when those sharks decide they're going to move, it's it. They're, they're so fast. So I can't even imagine like having to be in the dark and not actually know where I'm going and not having the flashlight on the shark at all times. Like how terrifying that would be. Like that just does not excite me at all. Sharks. No, uh, uh-uh, never. Yeah. That was, that was the last time I spearfished at night over there, but I'm sure we weren't in tremendous danger, but it was enough to feel pretty unsettled to keep that adrenaline going. Oh my gosh. That's terrifying. Um, yeah. I mean, Fiji sounds beautiful, but sharks, I, 
that's just not that's not Less my trout, jam. <laughs> for sure. That's where rivers are great. Trout fishing, yeah. you know, no worries. <laughs> yeah, and talking about like rivers and how they're just so nice and calm and you don't have to worry about sharks. We were talking about earlier about how important mental health is probably right now. I mean, we have holidays coming up, elections happened, and, you know, there's COVID cases are coming up. And um, I just would love to hear from you as somebody who's um, a doctor in psychology, talking about like how important these waters are for mental health or, you know, just in general, like how important it is to keep mental health healthy. Yeah, it's a great question and a great point. And you know, as you really pointed out, this has been, I hate this thing, everyone saying it, an unprecedented time. And it has. It just feels too yeah. too cliche for me right now. But the world is more different than we've ever experienced. And I think the thing that's very important to remember is that a lot of the normal ways that people cope, whether it's going to a sporting event, catching up with friends for a drink, going to the bar, a lot of those have really been lost. So many folks are really struggling to find those outlets to cope with not only the normal stressors we have, but all the wild things that 2020 has thrown us from COVID to the election to social unrest and everything in between. And the way I like to think about mental health is mental health is for everyone. I think there's a misconception out there that, you know, there's people who are quote unquote mentally ill or not. And the way I think about it is, you know, Lauren, you have a cholesterol level. I have a cholesterol level. It might be good today, but in 20 years, if I don't eat right and do all the right things, you know, my cholesterol might end up somewhere else. And there's a lot of factors that go into that from my history, my biology, and then how I treat myself. And mental health is the exact same way. And just because my mental health is good today doesn't mean that tomorrow I'm going to be fine because we're all only one sort of, you know, big life happening or whatever it might be from being in a really, really stressed state. So where I've spent most of my career is actually focusing on the preventative side of mental health. And this is really where fishing comes in and other activities like that. You know, medicine figured out in the 70s, like, hey, you know what, let's treat high cholesterol instead of treating um, acute suicidal ideation or depression. And I think when it comes to mental health, we can do the same thing. We can treat mild depression and mild anxiety rather than waiting till people are experiencing, you know, really significant symptoms. And in the most extreme cases, of course, experiencing suicidal ideation. So that's really the the impetus behind our website. I I think you alluded to it, mantherapy.org. But it's how do we get people talking about mental health and, and minding their mental health long before that crisis occurs? So. One other way I think about it is Freud talks about, you know, the goal of psychology is to help people work and love. And for myself, I agree with both of those, but I also always add play. I think it's so important that we have productive outlets to unwind after a long day. And for myself and so many other people I know, fishing is that activity. It's so meditative. It's calming. You can sort of leave everything behind you and just be focused on the present moment. And when you really zoom out, that's preventative mental health. That's unwinding, being able to spend time with your thoughts and and reflecting on all that's going on in the world. I love that you were just talking about that cholesterol analogy. You might be health, mentally healthy, happy right now, but how do we maintain that that energy and like being positive in working our ways? And not that every day is to be positive, but how to cope when we're not feeling good. Let's have these tools mm-hmm. ready. And what I love about man therapy, because it is incredible. I think it's such a great way that I told you, 
I was with my friends, we were sitting at the table and I was looking forward to talking with you. And I was like, look at this man therapy website. And you have this character who you said is a blend of uh, Ron Burgundy and uh, who's the other character that you kind of blended him with? Parks Parks and Rec. Yes. And it brought comedy and it made a discussion with all of us about how great it was to see laughter and also to talk about things that are really important, but to have a little bit of comedy in it. I, I, I found that just actually really refreshing. Yeah, that, that was actually one of our biggest insights. And kicking off the work for mantherapy.org, we were actually tasked with trying to address the high rates of suicide amongst working aged men. And as you know, some of your listeners might know, unfortunately, working age men carry the burden of suicide with about 30, th- excuse me, three out of five deaths by suicide being a man with a firearm. So of course, the insight there is, is if we wait until a man is in crisis and has a lethal means, whether it's a firearm or something else, we can't intervene. 911 can't intervene. No one knows about it. So our challenge was how do we get men talking about mental health long before? And we thought, you know what, if we lean into the stereotypes of men being men and use humor to make it much more approachable and have it be confidential, those are factors that can really help people approach a topic, which is, you know, pretty intimidating. And then if you look at so much of the other mental health messaging out there, it's not marketed or geared towards men. When we think of, you know, head in hands or someone, you know, under a rain cloud, that's not something people want to go to. It's something people go to when they have to. So we flipped that on its head and said, you know what, let's have some fun with it and get people talking about mental wellness to make sure they can cope with whatever life throws their way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a smart and strong thing because you also have on the man therapy. Is it there? Is it the mind? What is it? The the head mind? inspection. The head inspection. So, what exactly is the head inspection? Yeah, so the head inspection is, uh, and I'm not just saying this, it's actually a really fun and funny assessment tool. It's 20 questions and it asks questions about your mental health, but it does it in a really funny, engaging way with some visuals and some good jokes mixed around it. And the reason we did that is, of course, the first step towards making any change in your life is increasing self-awareness around that. So this assessment, we know men don't take, you know, Beck's depression inventories in their spare time for fun, but who doesn't like taking a, you know, BuzzFeed quiz to see what type of fly pattern you'd be if you were a fly pattern or whatever it might be. So with that, we made this fun assessment that's actually giving you results of how you're doing in terms of stress, anxiety, sleep, and substance use. And because it's funny, what we found is men were not only taking it, they were sharing it with their friends for the gag. But then we're engaging men and saying, you know, this is an area, not that something's wrong, but if you don't do a little thought or time or changes when it comes to sleep or your substance use, that could lead to some unintended consequences down the the road. So here's a bunch of of resources that are evidence-based that are made for men here for you at the click of a button. And that's the beauty of mantherapy.org. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say it is the most unique website I've seen. And I think take tackling therapy for men um, and mental health. I mean, I would just go to that website and just watch it. I think it's just that entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. I I absolutely love it. Um, I know you were talking about like how bars and all this other stuff, you know, is closing. You have gyms, like a lot of people are like, these are my, my way of keeping mental health and kind of going back to fishing. 
I mean, do you have recommendations for people who maybe aren't even anglers or like, is there other activities that people can start doing to keep that you recommend for like maintaining mental health? That's a a really great question. And it's so important nowadays. So what I love about fishing, just to start there, is it engages our brains and our minds in so many different ways. So you have to do a lot of thinking. So, you know, on the cognitive side, you have to decide what hole you want to fish, where you want to be on the river, which direction fish might be facing, and of course, fly patterns and all that jazz. So it draws you into the present. But then in addition to that, there's also all these tactile stimuli. I know I'm turning into a nerdy psychologist here. Please forgive me, everyone. No, no. (laughs) It's engaging all the senses of your body. You know, that first step you step into the river, whether you're wearing waders or not, there's that sensation where the water's rushing around your legs. You're really focusing. I suck at fly tying, Uh, you know, on... You know, getting all those little <laughs> movements and pre- pre- presenting your fly just right. And then the sun, the wind, all the factors. It's all about making sure that you are letting go from everything else and all the other stressors in the world. So for me, fly fishing is actually my form of meditation. I'm, I know I'm a psychologist, but meditation is not my cup of tea. But meditation comes in many forms. And fly fishing is that for me. So For others, finding activities that really can draw you into the present and be that release where everything else is just on the back burner. I'm I'm sure many of you have heard of the concept of flow, where athletes are just in this state where time is sort of irrelevant and you're just in that moment. Whether that's fishing, playing soccer, if it's knitting for you or cooking, they're all great activities. We just have to make sure that we are prioritizing making time in our lives each and every day, even if it's only five minutes. It goes such a long way in decreasing our stress, our cortisol levels, again, being a nerd, and it makes us actually more productive and better at being in relationships and tending to the things that we'd like. It's really pretty much like thinking outside the box in terms of like trying to get back into doing these activities I mean, do you recommend these activities kind of being on a solo? Like if you're cooking, it's like, let's try and do it alone. Or, I mean, I guess you kind of like during COVID, I mean, you're required not to be close to people outside of your kind of small circle. So, I mean, do you think people have a hard time trying to do these activities on their own or? It's a really great question. And Unfortunately, I can't directly answer it because human behavior is incredibly complex. So myself, I think you can probably tell I'm very extroverted. So I recharge by being around other people. And I love fishing with other people. And I'm a soccer player. I love that team mentality. But for others, I have plenty of friends who love fishing alone, and that's how they unwind and recharge and they're in the present. So there's no right way to do it. But what's most important is trying to take that step back to say, after what activities do I feel best? And is it with other people or is it without, or maybe a combination of the two? You know, a couple days a week I do X, a couple days a week I do Y. But it takes that conscious thought to figure out what works for you. Yeah, I love that. Because, you know, actually just this last summer, um, the person who I was going to go fishing with kind of bailed on me. So I went by myself and think when I did go by myself, it was a sense of being dependent only on myself and Mm -hmm. having my thoughts to myself, like really not talking to, I mean, obviously you're just talking to yourself in your head and, and sometimes you're really not, you're just out there like, okay, should I 
go over here? Should I go up here? And I, I do think it's so important to get out and try and do things on your own to just readjust your mind to know how you are doing physically and mentally. Because when you're yeah. alone, you get those those moments. Another parallel, and I know a lot of fly fishers are also skiers, of there's a big difference between skiing in a group where you're on the chairlift talking to other people and talking which trail should we take, taking breaks together, versus just going and skiing for yourself. Um, you just go, you do what you want to do, and it's just you and your thoughts. And I think fishing is very much the same way. But obviously, you can carry those lessons over to most activities in life, I would argue. Yep, absolutely. You know, I think it's such a good way, though, to start having these conversations in hopes that, you know, that my son, as he gets older, has uh, room to talk about it. Because, I mean, I think it was very stereotypical for men not to cry at school, not to talk about things. And as girls, you could be in the hallway and there'd be a girl crying and everyone would, you know, hover over to her and be like, how's everything going? And I hope that we can start by talking about it and preventing it and, um, or just acknowledging that like, it's going to be tough um, as you get, I mean, life is going to be tough no matter the way you roll the dice. It's, mm -hmm. and I think if we could have these tools for, you know, especially for men to be able to like, let's discuss this, let's talk about feelings and the future, which is super hard. Totally agree. And a, a couple stats um, just to you know back that up. The first is one in five adults actually has a diagnosable behavioral health condition. So with that, it's important to remember that it's not an anomaly and people very much you know, know it, experience it. And with that, something that really is, is pretty sad in my opinion is that the average onset of symptoms for a mental health condition in connecting with support in this country is about eight to 10 years. And you can think wow. of all the, you know, suffering and lost productivity and, you know, relationships that fail and things like that, that happen in that eight to 10 years. And one real positive of COVID, of course, I would never wish for COVID by any means, <laughs> um, but because it's been so hard and difficult culturally, I feel like the conversation about mental health has actually been elevated. I know yes. I was doing some research recently and was working with some, you know, an aging population of men, you know, 75, 80 year olds, some veterans, they never would have uttered the word mental health two years ago. But because of all that's happened with COVID and people are being more mindful about loneliness and how they're doing, people are talking about it. And I think a, a challenge for us as a culture is to say, how do we continue that after COVID, you know, ideally, fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you want to do, yes. <laughs> um, ends up being a thing of the past? How do we harness this positive energy to being sure that we're taking care of ourselves and doing our best to take care of one another? Yeah, I think it's so important to look at the silver lining during COVID, because I think if you just keep looking at all the negative of it, you can get sucked into it. And it's hard to... I know. I always try to be a little bit positive. So I think it's so good. There is conversation about mental health because people are talking about it. It's like, Hey, we're all stuck at home. So let's, let's make sure we're taking care of our minds. Um, you know, it's interesting because the February room is, uh, based on, uh, our basement is where my husband would spend all of February's tying flies. Mm -hmm. And in that space, he would remember fishing stories and times that were really good. So it was part of his mental health because, Missoula in February is, it's dark, it's dreary, oh, yeah. it's old snow. It's, you know, I mean, I think that really have to love Montana in February. I think we get a lot of people who move after February because it's just, it's just dark and dreary. And, but what brings you together is like those moments of their fishing, fishing with friends, fishing your, by yourself. And um, I don't know if you have a moment that 
in your times where it's your February moment, do you have a fishing story that this is this is my moment to laugh about or remember? Definitely. And first off, I can totally relate to those. <laughs> in Northwest Montana, come uh, for me, it was always like March, April, when it's like, oh. all right, I've done this for two months. I'm ready for something else. But we're still three months away from the nice long days. So totally relate. Bye. Vitamin D is a necessity. <laughs> it is a thing. We used to drive to see the sun. We'd drive over to East Glacier just to like check out the sun for a day. <laughs> you go you go look at your phone and you figure out where in Montana there's sunshine and you'd actually drive out there. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. We, we would actually drive over from the Flathead Valley. We'd go over to East Glacier and go over to Duck Lake and ice fish some mornings. We'd get there for <sighs> sunrise. And um, if any of your listeners are from there, Duck Lake is incredible. I'm not an ice fisherman, but um, that was one place I could always go and have a great time and just catch big trout, be out there with your friends, watch the sunrise and be cold and somewhat suffer together, but have an amazing time. <laughs> uh, but the on the flip side of that, the story that sort of gives me the warm and fuzzies, not to be too uh, stereotypical psychologist there, but um, one of my most memorable trips, it was one of my friend's 40th birthdays. And again, I mentioned being a soccer player. So it was our closest coaches and a few players all came out. We met and I ended up getting a guide because we were just too big of a group for me to tie flies for everyone. But we went out, it was actually in Colorado on the Gunnison River. And it was the most fun, memorable fishing day I've ever had. A, because of the people that were there. We hadn't connected in a while. We were all together, again, present, no cell phones. So just like gearing up and waiters, getting everything together, there were no distractions. We were able to just enjoy one another. But then when we actually got on the river, it was by far the most productive day we have ever had. We started in the morning with a bunch of nymphs and literally every other cast was a fish. And of the people that were there, I was the only one who had fly fished. And it was amazing for them to catch fish on a fly rod. They were from the East Coast, so they were much more used to like haddock fishing and things where, you know, you just yeah. kind of pull up a line and then pull up a dead weight. And for them to be pulling in fish, standing in the water with waders, that was another new experience, was so cool to be able to share with them. Um, and then later in the day, it ended up warming up. We were able to switch over to some dry flies. And again, that was just another totally new experience to see them sort of spot fish and be able to see a trout come up and just grab a big old stem. Um, it, it was the best day of fishing I've ever had. So exciting. Like those moments seriously are the best. I had one of the best times right before it just kind of started to snow here, but it was so awesome. It was the best fishing ever. And I was like, oh, this is supposed to tie me, supposed to tie me over for the winter month. So um, I, I can understand those feelings as well. Now, if people want to learn more about uh, man therapy or digital health, like what's the best way for them to reach out to you or maybe just go to mantherapy.org? Yeah, great question. So first off, I encourage everyone, if you enjoy this podcast, my guess is you would enjoy checking out mantherapy.org. Check it out for yourself. Take the head inspection and explore. It is all free. It's confidential. And share it with men in your life that you think would benefit from just getting that, you know, touch up or tune for their mental well-being. But in, in terms of our larger work, our organization is Grit Digital Health. And in addition to mantherapy.org, we have a number of, number of other innovations for other verticals. We have a, 
a whole higher education suite because we know in higher education, mental health is a, a real challenge right now for a number of reasons. So that that is called you at college. And in line with COVID, although we started the work much before, we also recently launched an app to help individuals combat the issue of loneliness. Um, that app's called Nod. So feel free to check that out on gritdigitalhealth.com. And all of our contact information's up there. If anyone's so inclined and you shot a note, it'll route to me and I'm happy to be in touch to answer any questions. Yeah. And I have to say, please check out mantherapy.org. It is going to make your day so happy. I mean, that is seriously, if you're going to be stuck on your phone, you just need to go look at those videos because they're seriously the best thing ever. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today, share your fishing stories, and also just talk more about mental health because it is so very important. And um, it's also what someone had told me was, you know, especially because men are the most affected with a higher rate of suicide is that, you know, we, if you have a man in your life who isn't doing well, like you aren't doing well, your mental health isn't doing well either. So by helping them, you're helping yourself as well with your mental health too. So that's such a important piece to remember, Lauren. And I really appreciate you bringing that back. And and thank you for bringing up the conversation about mental health, because um, it's so important that we are talking about this societally. So another really cool thing about mantherapy.org is I'd say about once or twice a month, we get an email or a message from folks saying, thank you so much. On one end, we actually have a voicemail from a man who called and said, thank you. And he actually broke down in tears saying your website saved my life last night. Um, he had a loaded firearm. He ended up finding mantherapy.org. He clicked the red phone on the site, which connected him to suicide prevention lifeline, and he got the support he needed. So that's why we do the work that we do. And we're so proud of it. But in addition to all that sort of anecdotal, you know, feedback we get, the CDC, um, four years ago, actually awarded a $1.28 million research grant for mantherapy.org. And we did a randomized control trial and we actually have the results. They're not published yet, so I can only share so much, but it does turn out that going to mantherapy.org does help with symptoms of depression, suicidal ideation, and increases the potential of a man actually reaching out for that support. And one of the most interesting findings is that on our head inspection, we ask about a lot of different aspects of one's experience. And what we learned is that a lot of men can actually experience acute suicidal ideation without quote unquote feeling depressed or endorse feeling depressed. What acute suicidal ideation in men more often is correlated with is anger issues or substance use. And why that's so important is a lot of our health protocols just screen for depression right now. Like when most men go to the doctor, they're administered the PHQ-9, which is just a depression screening tool. That means we could be missing a lot of acute suicidality. So we're incredibly proud to not only have a fun, funny, engaging website that's bringing the conversation of mental health up for men, but we know it's working and it's also helping evolve the overall mental health care of men. Um, A lot of times people do a lot of work to try and cover up those feelings because it's not okay to not be okay in our culture, especially for men. So the more that we all can do to understand suicide and the warning signs of suicide, some of which you can find on mantherapy.org, the more likely you're going to be able to help someone that you really care about in your life. And it can be 
as simple as taking someone fishing when they're having a really shitty day. You never know that help can be so simple. Yes, yes. It's it's so true. I mean, yeah, it, I get kind of flooded with like all those moments of like being with another friend who is having a hard time. And yeah, it's. I think it's okay to recognize that someone's not doing well, but um, I also think that it feels better when you're actually there and helping them out. And I think a tool of man therapy, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm sharing that with all of my girlfriends, uh, all of my guy friends, because I think if it just, like you said, that one guy who opened, found man therapy contacted, you just don't know where people's minds are right now. Cause we're kind of in this recluse situation. And so, yeah. um, you know, I also try and send text messages here and there like, hey, Definitely. just thinking of you. Hope you're doing well, you know. It goes farther than we could ever guess sometimes. Go to thefebruaryroom.com where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns. And if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at the February Room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.